2: Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today.
1: Welcome back. 93.7 The Fan is on. Matt Harkins is driving the machine right now at 412-928-9370. Call that number. He'll put you on with me. We'll talk sports until 2 o'clock today. Also, you can text me, actually tweet me, at KDPomp is the Twitter address as far as Twitter is concerned. 93.7 The Fan is the place to be. Driven by Jim Shorky Kia, Pittsburgh's number one Kia dealer. Shop all three locations at shorkykia.com. And text the Edgar Snyder and Associates fan text line, same as the call in line. Edgar Snyder and Associates reminds you to text responsibly. Lots of programming on KDK TV tonight. Fan Nation seven thirty. Join us for that. Takes you inside some of the fanatical Steeler fans all over the globe, man. They got a lot of them there. That's on at seven thirty. Tonight we have the Mike Tomlin Show. That's on at eleven thirty-five KDK. Tomorrow, eleven thirty A.M. We begin with the Steelers kickoff program. That's live As we get set for the Bills and the Steelers. Pittsburgh goes there as two-point underdogs in this game. They're still the number one seed at this point. And when you look at the playoff uh, positioning at this point, it's the Steelers with the only first-round bye. And that's huge in my estimation for this team, which hasn't had a legitimate bye week since uh, at all. (laughs) It's going to be 13 straight weeks. The one they were supposed to have was messed up by the Tennessee Titans so as it is right now, the Chiefs would be the two-seed, Bills would be the three-seed, or Tennessee the four-seed. Again, uh, division winners get those distinctions. Kansas City, two-seed, would take on Indianapolis, seven-seed. Buffalo, three-seed, would take on Miami, a six-seed. Tennessee, 4-5 matchup against Cleveland, a Browns team which is surging, as are the Bills right now, which leads us into our discussion here about this game. And I'd love to hear from you about it at 412-928-9370. We've talked a lot about the run game and what is bothering it, and what needs to change. And again, just to put a cap on that, my suggestion there is not necessarily turn into a run team, because I don't think they can. But what they can do is take it seriously enough to use it in situational football where it is called upon, like we saw last week in that four-down situation at the goal line. They had no push. They didn't block the right people when they had to. Benny Snell comes up empty three times, and then they throw a tackle eligible to Gerald Hawkins. Not exactly the play call, I think many people were looking at it, fourth four down situation. This hour, I want to throw this other uh, phrase out uh, Mike Tomlin used the other day, and I think this is an important one, because he's getting a little annoyed with the drop uh, passes. As he said in his press conference, they can catch the ball, or they can't, and if they can't, they'll get replaced by those who can. So that leads to an interesting question, I want to hear from you on this one. They only have who they have. So... If they don't catch the ball, get replaced by those who can, makes me wonder what happens here. Because Deontay Johnson, arguably the most dynamic of these pass catchers, is the most targeted guy. But he also leads the NFL in drops. The Steelers as a team have 32 drops. That's 20 more, 10 more than anyone else. Eric Ebron has been a violator of the drop pass. He's in there, though, to give them a presence in the red zone, and he's been good at that. But he's not the blocker Vance McDonald is. When you're down fourth and goal, when you're down first and goal from the one-yard line, then you have four downs. I think Vance McDonald's the guy who needs to be in there. Eric Ebron missed a block on Chase Young last week and cost him on fourth down. But who is he referring, who is Mike Tomlin referring to about uh, limited playing time or change in playing time? Because I've got to believe Deontay Johnson is still going to be out there. I think Eric Ebron will be out there in red zone situations. To me, the one guy who had a significant reduction in snaps was Chase Claypool, which I didn't necessarily understand. He is your leading touchdown man, and yet he still, when he catches the ball, gives you the best value down the field in terms of average per catch. And for whatever reason, he went down in snaps. I would imagine he's going to come up in snaps, although it should be pointed out that he missed a practice the other day with an illness. He was back at practice Uh, yesterday, so I don't know what that illness was, but hopefully it's nothing serious, but he was back at practice, so I expect him to play. They have some very talented wide receivers, but they're dropping the ball a lot, and when you throw it 53 times a game, you're going to get your share of drops. You certainly don't want seven a game, because many of them come in significant territory, but I would imagine that Chase Claypool is going to get a much bigger snap load than he did against the Washington football team. However, I can't see a scenario under which Deontay Johnson is taken back a step or two, Because he's still needed if they're going to pass the ball with this uh, much regularity. Uh, James Washington is a guy Ben Roethlisberger has called for. He had a 50-yard touchdown last week. Gets the pass, makes a move, and then he shows you the the speed that he has. I imagine he'll get more snaps in this. Juju Smith-Schuster has to get snaps. He's the one guy who has been very good at some of those tough catches on third-down situations to move the chains. So who takes a reduction in snaps? 412-928-9370 Four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy is the number. Let's go to Burton Bell Vernon. He joins us right now on the Bob Pompeiani Show. Hello, Bert. How are you?
3: Hi, Bob. I'm moving along. How about yourself?
1: Well, I'm not moving along. I'm sitting here, but I want to move along. You know <laughs> what I mean? <laughs> okay. <laughs> There's not much we can do these days.
3: Yeah, yeah. Well, hopefully it'll all get well, get better. Anyway, it will. Uh, I, I, I think what I'd like to see from the run game is this. I'd like to see him put Dotson next to Villanueva and run their version of the old uh, Packers sweep left from the 60s with Pouncey and uh, DeCastro. They have two guys who can pull great, bring in a fullback, yes or no, depending you can get uh, like three or four different variations of tempo from the backfield. Like USC used to call it student body left. I think they have the guys for it. Just just try going for that and do it and, and see if they can make it work. They may win two games before anybody figures out what they're doing. The other thing is uh, with Ebron, I think he's good for three to five great patterns and catches per game. But if they try to feature him, they throw to him too much, that seems like when things start to fall apart.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I I think, you know, he's capable of making big plays, but he's also capable of not making big plays in drop situations. He's had a history of drops. You mentioned Dotson. He's he's an intriguing guy for me because I like him in the run game for sure. David DeCastro is one of the best – in the game, although this year is not so much. I don't know if he's being hampered by an injury or whatever. He doesn't seem to have the same explosion that he normally has. Um, But, again, it's kind of interesting how the the conflict is with the fact that Roethlisberger has not been sacked in 252 dropbacks, and yet they can't run the ball. You would think that a team that pass protects as well, and and a lot of that is because they get rid of it so quickly. Um, But they would have more success on the run, you know, at least – Modest success on the run. They're having no success on the run. Uh, I will be very interested to see what, how this game starts tomorrow, though. I think, Bert, they they, have, they are in a situation where they need to take control of a situation uh, from the start here. They need to put Buffalo down some points and see how they respond to it. Because if Buffalo should get a lead, I think that just, you know, you're going to see pass after pass after pass. And the numbers may end up being okay, but the result may not be, which is a lot of what we've seen. Thanks, Bert. Yeah, I yeah, appreciate I, the call. I, I, okay, I'm sorry if you had another point. <laughs> I thought you were done there. Anyway, let's go to Charles in Chicago, home of the now faltering Chicago Bears, which just 5-1 and one to what are they now, Charles? My goodness.
4: Yeah, no, it is definitely, uh, you, they give new definition to the new uh, bad news Bears of today's generation, to be honest. You know? I mean, uh, when you look at last year, where they are right now, Trying to rebalance, it's a it's a lot more finger pointing and hardly any solutions as you can imagine right now. And I think Maggie McCaskey, I think, is ultimately at the end of the day who allows this stuff to happen with Ted Phillips, uh, which may be moving out from the organization. But uh, with the Steelers, I wanted to ask you real quickly. Um, I. How much do you anticipate, like, down the road, can we expect to see, like, another assistant coach come in on the offensive line or change altogether? Because I really do feel like Mike Munchak, when he was allowed to uh, walk off on his own terms while we were at Denver because he felt close to family. And you look at the last two years, I think, where the running game has really been showing, like, lack of performance, I think has been hand hand due to the attitude of an offensive line. Trying to create that push. Now you had a guy like Joey Porter, who was a defensive assistant coach. I think back in 2014 or 15, I think it was. Uh, he helped restore and add to in the pass rush. Uh, do you think we? Do, do you see like another former Steeler that could probably buy that, or someone that could like uh, take over altogether? Because honestly, no. the thing that I don't I, think Charles I, they
1: I, need to have a former Steeler, they need, first of all, under Munchak, their run game numbers were not all that different than they are now. Uh, I think that's a little bit of a misnomer. If you look at the overall, uh, where they you know, fit overall in the league in terms of running, I think this pass evolution has been something that has continued. And now it's gotten to the point where the pendulum's way out of whack, I think. Uh, again, when you lead games, you don't need to pass as much as they do. Just That's just me. Uh, some people say, well, their, their strength is a pass. I get it. But you still have to not ignore the run, and they've largely done that. But I I don't know if Munchak's the answer so much as I you know look you got an aging pounce, you got an aging DeCastro. Villanueva had a good year in terms of pass protecting, but he's also you know they need they've tried to draft some guys, uh, and they're going to need more of that to fortify an offensive line. Uh, schematically, though, I mean some of these things are a result of scheme. Uh, these you know negative plays or drops that they've had. Uh, so the scheme has a lot to do with Interma. it. It's a combination of a lot of things, but I do think their offensive line is going to need to be addressed in the coming years. Just because the guys who you rely on for so many years are just getting up there in age, and it's hard to it's hard to expect their performance to go up when their age is increasing.
4: Well, well here's why I want to leave you with, though, because this is a chilly thought that disturbs me, and this is a, the harsh reality, unfortunately. When I'm thinking of situations third or fourth and short, whatever, between anywhere from like one to three yards, especially one yard, let's just say if that was something like in the playoffs or yeah alone the Super bowl like the Seattle Seahawks Patriots situation again. My thing is the way they keep doing these play calls, like you said, they feel if their strength where they could pass, but Nowadays, his passes are getting a lot more tipped, or defense are able to call out the plays. It's just sad that they can't get those pushes on those shorts. I think somewhere down the line, it's going to cost them, and I, I, I hate to see that.
1: Yep, Bobby, you have a I weekend, agree. Man. I cited those numbers. Thanks, Charles. Uh, They've got to convert those things, and quarterback sneaks are a play that I think are very beneficial. Most of them work. A large percentage of them work, and the Steelers haven't really even tried it in their last 21 fourth and ones. Uh, they haven't used a quarterback sneak only one time, uh, and it's a Highly productive play, I think, with very limited risk involved. Uh, Mike in Unitown, hang on. We're going to get to you after the break. We've got to do that right now. 412-928-9370, that's the number. Keep me company until 2 o'clock today. Love to hear from you about this and other topics. Welcome back, everyone. Bob Pompiani here, hosting you until 2 o'clock today. Call me at 412-928-9370. Matthew Harkins is back at the station. He will pick up that call. When want to remind you, it's a Rocket League Rumble. Join 93.7 The Fan along with the Pittsburgh Knights for a three-on-three Rocket League tournament like no other as we invite you and your team to play your way to victory in a Rocket League tournament set entirely in the game's rumble mode on December the 20th. Prizes for the top three teams, details on how to register your team at 93.7TheFan.com. So, we've been talking a lot about a couple of things that Mike Tomlin said in his press conference after their loss to Washington We covered the uh, short yardage situation where he said if you can't get a yard, you don't deserve to win, and they didn't, and they didn't. But this is what I've been devoting the second hour to, and that is they can catch the ball or they can get replaced by those who can. And my question is then who does get more snaps? The obvious choice to me would be Chase Claypool just because of how good he's been, Uh, and yet he was downgraded in terms of the amount of snaps that he had for whatever reason last week. I think you'll see an upsurge in Chase Claypool tomorrow in Buffalo. Uh, And also some of the stuff out of the backfield, little swing passes here and there, whatever. Maybe they could use more of that. But I still think they have to get back to a run situation in certain, you know, football significant ways. We're talking about, um, you know, goal line situations. We spent a lot of that. In the first hour talking about it, what needs to happen? There are a lot of different thoughts about it, but the bottom line is they have to be more successful, and they have to be able to trust it when they get there. If they can't, it plays into the defense, uh, which has a more, more of a, a limited playing field to, to defend when they play that short passing game, and you can't run the ball. Uh, it makes it easier. I think that just stands to reason. Let's go out to Carl in Monroeville see what he has to say. Hello, Carl. How are you?
2: Hey, Bob. Merry Christmas. How are you doing?
1: You too. Merry Christmas to you.
2: Oh, thanks, buddy you know on the, the, I'd like to talk briefly about the run game but also about the drops and, and get your opinion um first of all in the run game there seems to be a total lack of creativity uh, on the on the play calling also use of personnel i mean claypole early on uh would uh, would get the ball on and run it in especially at, near the goal line and uh, or at least use them as a decoy to fake that play and 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 you know shovel pass or whatever also uh TJ's brother was brought in right as a fullback uh I know he, I know he was injured for a while and so forth but um you know is was he brought in to block for for Connor or was he brought in to carry the ball at times i mean he hasn't been used at hardly at all if if at all no what and
1: if, i agree with you i thought when they brought him in carl they were going to have some sort of commitment to more of a standardized run game, and just say we're going to physically do it. We're going to punch you in the mouth if we can. That's one element of this game that has changed. You know, they they haven't punched anyone from a physical point of view, and that to me is something that the Steelers have prided themselves on over the years.
2: Absolutely. And and how about how about reverses? I mean, they don't even try. They don't even try it. If the Steelers are going to run, you know they're they're going straight in, and and, and they're going to be stopped usually. Uh, because the op- whatever the offensive line just just isn't as good as it used to be, and uh, Bob, help me with this, but like a delayed handoff where where it looks like Ben's going to throw it, but but he, he waits for a second to hand off the ball to Connor, and there's usually a hole there by then. Uh, I never see that play run anymore either. Do you?
1: No, I, I think Matt Canada's influence has kind of worn off, or it, it just has been limited whatever yeah. reason. You're talking about jet sweeps and a lot of those kinds of plays. They yes. have not yeah. uh, been seen in the last five weeks.
2: I, I mean, they don't so. even try. I don't, I don't get
1: it. And um, also, I would like um, to see a little bit more up-tempo. You know, I think they've had success in the Baltimore Ravens game, according to some of these next-gen stats. You know, yeah. and Ray Fidipaldo of the Post-Gazette, who breaks down plays very well for the Post-Gazette, um, mm-hmm. he had in that Baltimore game, uh, when they did go to a no-huddle setup. 9.3 yards per game, okay, on 13 wow. of those opportunities. And uh, right. when they didn't do it, it was 3.6 yards per game. So there's something to be said for doing that at certain times and using it more often. But, you know, these are things we'll watch for tomorrow, and I think uh, it's a large game. There's no question about that, Carl. We can agree. Thanks for calling. Appreciate it, mm-hmm. as always. want to tell you that our sponsors, once again, do a great job of helping us in our program. AHN, on the front line of COVID care, doing a great job at Allegheny Health Network. PNC Bank make today the day. Number one, Cochran, go one better. Shenderovich, Shenderovich, and Fishman, Ireland contracting. Right now we're going back to the fan hotline. we got Counselor. And maybe we need some counseling at this point, Counselor. What would you suggest?
5: Yeah, Bob. Yeah. Listen, my suggestion is if you can't get a yard, you shouldn't win the game. But how about not going for the 46-yard field goal with the kicker either, you're signed to, as a pro. You can't make a 46-yard field goal. I know with the open end that they are now stands there, and there was not very little wind if at all. That's pretty much uh, giving up the ghost on that too. What are they going to do in Buffalo? Because it looks like Chris Boswell is not going to be able to kick.
1: Well, I'm not so sure of that right now. We'll see. But I agree with it. He's on the roster, uh, and there was four minutes and 51 seconds left at that point. Now, listen, on third and one, they had two options to get a first down to keep the chains moving, and plus, keep the clock moving. Keep it away from Alex Smith and company. Third and one failed. Fourth and one, they go to the wheel route with Anthony McFarland. You can tell me that you're putting the, hand, the ball in the hands of Ben Roethlisberger, but I would not like that play and the personnel used in that play. I would rather have seen something else, including uh, an attempt at a 45-yard field goal. If you're on a roster, you should be able to make a 45-yard field goal, no? Well, Counselor, I don't know if you're still there. I, I, yeah, yeah, I've been going to the four-fifth tunnels,
5: Bob. I came back. Sorry. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, sorry. Um, Verizon doesn't do too well in the tunnels, I guess. Uh, the only other comment I would make is this. I don't think that's a percentage play with a rookie running back. Uh, anyway, if I'm doing that, I'm going to let uh, – Benny Snell, who's not a pass-catching running back, but, you know, on a, on a swing pass, I think you could trust him that far. But I'm not trusting Anthony McFarlane
1: on that kind of play as a rookie. And Because he out. is a young kid, and that's a tough – right. And listen, here's one thing I want to make clear, and thank you, Counselor, for the call. When you have plays like that, when you have tackle-eligible plays to Gerald Hawkins, when you have plays that do not work like that, you're going to criticize them to death. That's what we do. And that's what talk radio and talk television is all about. But when they do work, and if those plays had worked, people would have gone the other way on it. Oh, what a great call to attack a tackle eligible who had just come off the COVID list. No one expected that. So I like to keep that in mind when I do this. I also like to keep in mind that Washington's a pretty good defensive football team, better than the one they're going to play tomorrow, in my opinion. Defense I'm talking about. Uh, so – I think you have to look at all of that if you're analyzing this correctly. But I think the Steelers have made it considerably easier on defenses by some of the choices of plays and personnel that they've utilized. And that's my point. Gus in Beaver County joins us right now on the Fan Hotline. Bob Pompiani show. Hello, Gus. How are you today? Gus, are you there? Hello.
0: And for all non-Italian listeners, that means Merry Christmas. And, Bob, I want to harken back to my youth, a word that's very, very uh, important to me, respect. I have a lot of respect for the Buffalo Bills right now and what they've done in the past couple years. But you don't have to respect the still running them anymore. And get Ben if you're listening, and I know you are. Let's get that running game going a little bit. That's going to open up so many things for you. If I'm an uh, NFL defensive coordinator, I don't have to worry about backfield passes. I don't have to worry about runs. I'm looking for three-yard and seven-yard passes. That's easy to defend. Come on, guys. We could do it. Let's get the running game going. God all the best to you and your family. I love you all, and uh, have a good holiday.
1: That inspirational moment brought to you by Gus in Beaver County. Thank you, Gus. Appreciate it. Happy holidays to you, too, as well. I think a lot of people in the Steelers organization are mad about what's going on, and I don't like—I don't think they like the disrespect card that's being used. If you saw the Colin Coward video, he's thrown in the faces of them. He had been talking all along that this is not a Super Bowl team, and he sat there with a stogie and a uh, look like an old-fashioned, and he was talking about, uh, okay, Steelers fans, come at me. You owe me an apology. I'm right. Well, he's not right yet. We're going to find out, and I think this team has too much pride not to respond. I do think they will play a really good game tomorrow. Whoever wins that game is going to have an upper hand, though. It's a big game in the AFC. We'll talk about that, and Tim and Robinson. Hang on, Tim, all right? I got to go to a quick break, and we will come back and lead off with you. It's 412-928-9370. This is the Bob Pompiani Show, Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. Welcome back as we continue. Matt Harkins back at the studio. I'm Bob Pompiani, joining you until 2 o'clock today, so... Make sure you call if you get a chance at four one two nine two eight ninety-three seventy. A big thanks to our sponsored, Allegheny Health Network, PNC Bank, Number One Cochrane, Shenderovich, Shendorovich and Fishman, as well as Ireland Contracting. We're talking a lot about the Steelers and some of the things that uh, went into their loss against Washington, but generally what has happened to them trending not in the right direction at this time of the year. Yes, they are eleven and one, and that's still important, and man, they need to get uh, a situation where they can get that number one seed. It's so important, especially today, to make that happen. Uh, but it comes down to what they're going to do in these next four games. All of them, AFC games, three of the four against playoff teams at this point. They need to play some of their best football as they move into uh, this month of December. Four one two nine two eight ninety three seventy is the number. we got Tim and Robinson, who has been patient enough to hold on. What's up, Tim? How you doing today? Not bad. How
3: about yourself, Bob? Good, thank you. Good. Uh I got two points. Uh, one, back to that goal line situation. Uh Going back to even Bubby Brister, they used to run like schoolhouse right, and Bubby would bootleg it to the left into the end zone, and it seemed like he was always able to beat the defenders. You know, especially if they're running it from the right hash. He got a wide part of the field to pick up one yard. How do you know, if Ben? Um, you think he's able to run that physically, or you think he'd well, be well? I don't. Down? Think, I don't
1: think he's he, he's not the the guy he once was when it comes to moving around. And they, we haven't seen any indication they're willing to do that. That could be potentially a surprise play down the road. Maybe I didn't. I didn't expect you. You shocked me here today, uh, uh, <laughs> Tim. You mentioned. Bobby Brister. I didn't think that'd be something I hear today on the show, but uh, that well, that's
3: bad. about the last time I remember them running that play. You know, so and it's, they, and used they to should just worry about doing it the
1: old-fashioned way, and that's punching a team in the mouth once in a while and just say, "Look, we're going to run it. Try to stop us, and we're serious about this. We're going to, you know, they need to to really uh, reconnect themselves to that sort of football at the goal line. Uh, it's not. Uh, one of these fancy kind of plays, it's not as, you know, a, a jet sweep, although those are helpful and those have been missing, I, I do think at some point you have to just line up man-on-man man, and say, we're going to run it and stop us. Oh, um, yeah. They have been able to do that over the years, not so much this year.
3: It's embarrassing the fact that they can't. And you mentioned earlier the, the leap, you know, leaping over the line. You'd think they'd be able to do that also. Um, the right, other Jim. point, <laughs> I got one more point. That Alex Smith running off the field with the ball. terrible. Yeah.
1: Better removed um, by him, though. He knew what he was doing.
3: Right. In the past, that would have been a delay of game penalty. You know, like if a player kicks the ball away from where they wanted to set it, they'd always throw a delay of game penalty. So... You know, they didn't uh, even, you know, they avoided the delay of game and they put the eight seconds back on the clock, which I thought was ludicrous. I couldn't believe they got away with such a thing.
1: Yeah. You know, they did, and they it turned into three big points as it turned out. Tim, thanks for the call. I thought that was one of the most bizarre things I've seen this year, one of the wrong things I've seen this year, and the Steelers got victimized by it. Ryan in Rochester joins us right now. Hey, Ryan, what's going on?
6: Hey, Bob, thanks for taking the call. So my question relates oh, sure. to the running game as well. So I appreciate you mentioning out of the gate that
5: in the early part of the
6: year, the run game was averaging about 4.1 yards, making good progress there. But I was wondering if there's any merit to the shakeup of the offensive line. So we have Matt Filer moving from tackle to guard, core four, four becoming a starter. We have uh, Pouncey, who's been grading out not so well over the last couple years, We have a declining David DeCastro. Is there any merit to to them just falling off and not having the right combination? And secondly, uh, what is the future? What is your view of Doxon and his role in the offensive line?
1: Well, he's going to be a starter. They brought him here to be a starter, even though he's a fourth-round pick, Ryan. Thank you for the call, too. Um, And and here's the thing. It is an aging offensive line. It's an offensive line. Uh, You know, Marquise has been out an is, you know, he's doing the best he can, but he's he's certainly not somebody that you're going to want in there all the time. They've had to shift some people around, no question. DeCastro's not been his best. All of those contribute to what you have so far, but that's still not enough excuse for me to get away from it if that's what's happening. Uh, I still need to rely on it. I still need to think they can move the pile if they can't. If they've come to the conclusion they cannot do it, simply put. But they did it early in the year, and that's when you know. It's not that long ago. And that's what makes me wonder a little bit. Now, Connor's going to be back. I expect them to do much more in the run game tomorrow uh, in terms of attempts. It's not going to be, uh, you know, 60%. It's not going to be 30%. I'm just saying that I want to see more of it in certain situational football parts of this game, which is what I think is the least you can ask for. When you need to do it, do it. They know it's coming. Every team typically knows there's a run game coming. But you got to be able to stop it. If you're the defense, you got to be able to execute it. If you're the offense, all of those what you mentioned Ryan, are components of what's going on. Let's go to Joe in San Antonio. What's up, Joe? How you doing today?
6: Well, yourself, Bob. Um, I was trying to call yesterday uh, to give congrats to Heather Abraham on her KDK ten year anniversary. But as far as yes. the Steelers know, my question is: if they have an interesting contract coming up between Mike Hilton and Cam Sutton. Personally, I would bring back Mike Hilton because he's so instrumental for the blitz, the slot blitz, and I feel like Cam Sutton We'll find another guy like him. And then my other comment was about Tomlin when he basically said, you know, if these guys don't start catching, he's going to bench them. I don't think necessarily he meant that. He was just trying to get the player's attention to wake up and catch the ball.
1: Uh, you could be right, Josiah. I mean, that's, that's the case. Sometimes you send messages through the media, but I think he's serious too. You know, But again, I don't know how much you can do from that point of view. What are you going to do, not play Deontay Johnson? What are you going to do, not play Eric Ebron? Sure, they're going to play. Maybe they're not going to get as many targets. Uh, but again, ultimately, in RPO situations, Ben Roethlisberger is going to be the guy who makes those calls. He likes going to Deontay Johnson. He likes going to, to Eric Ebron. they got to hold on to the ball. I mean, that's where it starts. I don't know why it's happening as frequently as it is, but it's got to change. And we've been saying this for a couple of weeks now. As far as your other part of that question... I really like Mike Hilton a lot, and, um, you know, the injury to Bud Dupree may impact his future because Bud Dupree was looking at a deal, uh, you know, that was going to be big. Not that the Steelers would give it, but now maybe he's going to be back with Pittsburgh. Who knows? I'm not sure what it would cost. You know, he's going to be coming off surgeries. You don't know necessarily what you're going to get, but he's going to work his butt off to rehab, and he should be back to where he was, at least I would think so. But it's going to cost oh. something. It may allow them to keep him here, but I think Hilton is going to just outprice himself. So he's very good. And I think there's going to be oh. not enough money to give him.
6: And I was wondering could uh, the Rooney's bring uh, the pretty back off of like a basic one year contract, kind of like prove it hey, you're healthy and you make plays, we'll pay you. But if well, not. You well, know,
1: being unrestricted, pay. he's going to get a multi year deal from somebody. Oh, right. And he's going Please to go where it, the money is. All right, Joe, appreciate it, and thanks a lot. Now, I'll relay to Heather your good wishes on 10-year anniversary for Heather, and she's done a wonderful job on KDK TV uh, in the morning for sure. All right, uh, Carl, hang on. We're going to get to your car. We have to go to a break here, but Carl is on the cell. He's going to join us next. The number to call is 412-928-9370. We have another hour to go here before we join uh, Andrew Filipponi in the national show. He's going to be on CBS. And it's going to be pit preview as Pitt takes on Gardner-Webb at the Peterson Event Center uh, in a non-conference basketball game. We'll have that for you at 4 o'clock on The Fan. In the meantime, I want to thank our sponsors once again, AHN, PNC Bank, Number One Cochran, Shenderova Shanderovich and Fishman, and Ireland Contracting, home of the Ireland Contracting nightly sports call on Pittsburgh's CW.
2: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?